0: I know your friends never want you for me, but now that it's over, you can rest on your shoulder. It cost me nothing, I can tell you for free. I'm a certified owner, certified owner, Somebody get time for me. I'm gonna know the condition, okay, okay. nobody can take my position, it's up for me until oh, I hang your so many, many doggies of a good stuff. everything that's gone, back It's the deploy, there is a... we tell my mama, don't you worry for me That I am good on my own I've made my peace with my soul And I know you send anybody for me Who thing just for me I'm not say, if I don't know Say, if I don't
1: Ah, a very good evening Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. Uh, thank you for joining us. This, yeah, thank you for joining us today. You know, um, as we discuss the events of the Canadian um Grand Prix, you know, uh first of all, a big congratulations to Max Verstappen um winning in Canada uh for the first time. Um. Congratulations to uh Mercedes as well. So um Lewis Hamilton also on the podium. Um since Baron, you know. Um what else again? Uh, Charles Leclerc, impressive drive um from um P17 um, up to P5. Uh credit also to what's his name, Science, for managing and uh, holding on to um, the P2, you know. So um, a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things to go through. Uh, also, both alphas in the points, you know. So um, it was an interesting race um, all over. Unfortunate, unfortunate events like uh, Schumacher, um, who had engine issues, uh check one as well. You know, so um yeah. So um I would just like to uh call on the community, you know, let's just um obviously we'll start from um Red Bull, then um Mercedes, then, then we'll move on to the rest of um the grid. You know, so um yeah so um well overall for me for Red Bull uh I would say um they started well you know uh Mark started very well. You know, had, Alonso Divon Alonso even if he, if we had brake lights in um in um Formula One, you say Alonso Divon's sees brake light like that was a clean um getaway. And then um Chuck also was coming up the field, you know, he was um till that issue happened you know so um I would say obviously in the Red Bull camp is going to be a bit of a um, mixed feelings, you know, because they've lost um valuable points, you know, and also it shows that they still have um a bit of um reliability issues that they need to um handle or rather they need to um look at because who knows what can happen in um Silverstone. it might be Max that might suffer um a reliability issue, you know, you just never know. So um, it's something they um need to look at, you know. So, and then um, for Mercedes, I would say <laughs> Lewis, Lewis, an excellent uh, drive from him, you know. Um, the Mercedes looked very quick towards um the end of the race, you know. Um, George Russell, Mister Consistency, you know, he went from Mister Saturday to Mister Consistency, you know. Um, he's, he's been remarkable so far in, in that Mercedes, you know. So, um, P4, um, yeah, and then, um, the issue, um, Alonso, just quickly, um, I've just listened to Alonso now, and then he said he had um, engine issues, hence why, um, he was losing time, you know. So, they were losing time on the streets due to um, excessive clipping. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to. Points that out there for Alonso, but regardless, I felt they could have still finished them um, higher up than where they finished. But yeah. So um I would just like to um call on everyone. Please just um raise your hands and then um we'll go from there. But yeah, okay. Yeah Adibayo, please go ahead. Thank you. Um good evening everyone. Um super happy
2: um, the way the race turned out for quite everyone, um, I think um, yesterday, um, a lot of predictions were made that uh, Max was going to get the race win, which he did. Right, get the race win in a very, in a very good fashion. Right, that was that was quite a very massive drive to to really hold of um, Carlos Sainz with that intense pressure on the rest. Right. Cool, you know that's one of the things that getting your first what championship could could do to a driver, right? It makes you, it gives you the freedom to be much cool and calm under those kind of pressure and just smoothly drive your car and take it to the victory, right? Um, then I think I was also quite impressed by by Charles Leclerc as well, right? Um, P19 to P5, quite good right um at least one thing is it took points of um of checo um, based on checo's dnf and um, at, as well too, i think um considerably also well i think um the lap times by mercedes was quite good right so at least now now i think um it's getting much clearer that we might um uh, be quite bad in terms of quali times but at least from Barcelona. At least I think our lap, lap times are quite decent enough, at least. Um, yeah, P3 for our guy finally, um, uh, Um, uh, I know, I know, I know there are a lot of Navy SEAL um soldiers ready to um talk about Louis getting P3. So I will leave that to the battalion leader, um, Comrade Yemi. Engineer speaker and the rest to lead that, but I think on on the overall it was quite good. It was quite a good um, race for everyone, apart from Red Bull, right? They would have preferred, they would have liked them, um, they would have um, loved probably Checo getting a P four, right? I think that was like the realistic, no P five or P four was like the realistic um, ceiling for Checo. But apart from that, I think everybody had good year today. Uh, Max fans. It's good, Lewis fans. It's good, Ferrari as well. Though you could say, probably Carlos should have won. But again, if you watch the race quite well, you would see, you would see that. Um, I think, I think the edge for Max Verstappen in this race was that, um, it was his sector, sector two times were extremely very fast, right? So he used that sector two times to his, to his um. To his advantage. I know one thing we've always done about Charles is that, um, sorry, about Max, Max breaks so late. One thing we've always done about Max is that Max breaks so late. And um, we could see that he had that lot of late breaking, um, which, which proved to his point um, to his advantage. Very good race. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Adebayo. So uh guys, uh we have just because of time and um um I know a lot of people have worked tomorrow. So please let's just um stick to two, three minutes, you know, so that we could go through it quickly, you know. Thank you. Um so um okay, so the other will be Engineer Salim Abasi Ekeme. Yeah, me. Then I'm smart. Please, thank you. Salim, please go ahead. Thank
3: you. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, nice race. Very, very nice race. Uh, commendable effort by Verstappen, as you said. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Alonso was saying he would attack on on, on turn one. I wasn't expecting anything from that Alpine against the Red Bull. Um, yeah, but I was kind of expecting more from Signs. really. He, he couldn't just make that overtake. But uh, again, Red Bull. I, I said it the last time I think we were here uh, last week that they are, they are still not out of the woods we can see that they've had another retirement due to the same mechanical problems, but I still believe it might be a PU issue. And uh, I believe that this championship is going to be decided by reliability at the end of the day because um, somebody like Perez, he, today would have been a good day for him to win the race and uh, increase his odds terms of the championship uh well contention but unfortunately for him he had a dnf so it was a very commendable race uh not bad for lewis hamilton in p3 for somebody that is driving a tractor yeah but, um, something I would like us to discuss today is the uh, the issue of the new technical directive that they are going to come up with in terms of the purposing the right height and the safety of the drivers. All right, I yield the mic.
1: Thank you very much, um, engineer Salim. Um, Abbasia, please, thank you.
4: Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh good race. Then from where my expectations were high yesterday, it didn't hit that, but still regardless a good race, especially with the battle we had with uh, the stopping and signs at the end. And uh, starting with Red Bull. I think yeah, I mean they'll be disappointed with Cheku's retirement, but regardless, a good weekend for them. Ferrari, a good weekend for them all, so I'm considering. And I think I had signs say they had better race space, you know, across the entire race. But it's interesting because uh, Silverstone Regu will be getting big uh upgrades from what I've read. And then it seems that directive is going to really go into... The technical directive we got earlier this week is going to go into... Um, What's the word? It's going to be enforced, really enforced next weekend, and people are expecting Ferrari to struggle a bit from it, not too much, but a bit. And Red will be getting upgrades. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that makes next week interesting. But I think generally, good race weekend, especially with qualifying, we had yesterday, and Mercedes, good, um, good improvements for them. Great drives from Hamilton and Russell, Has, unfortunately, had big hopes yesterday, but it is what it is. But personally, I'm really looking forward to next weekend with what um, Red Bull will bring with the upgrade. And I think, as a match fan, I'm expecting some retirements somewhere. I know, and I don't think he's going to finish every race for the end of the season. So I think for now, he's just good. He's racking up the points while Leclerc is the one suffering. Max was suffering earlier in the season. I think Max' time to suffer will still come eventually, but not so for now it's all good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you very much, Abasi. Um, Welcome. Yeah, me please.
5: Right. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I just want to just a couple of points. I hope to be brief. Uh, I think first congrats to Max. I think, uh, you know, it would have been heresy. I had D de- and let Sains, you know, passing. You know, I mean, I don't think Sainz is up to it. It was likely there could have been a different story. It was Hamilton could have been a different story. But, you know, so congrats to Max. Congrats to Red Bull. Um, I think Ferrari, they are giving us a shit show this year. You know, you have a very fast car and you are just letting Red Bull run away with it, you know. So hopefully um, they can get the act together. Uh, congrats to also congrats to Mercedes, uh, Lewis P3, Russell P4. I mean, some people have been saying here that, oh, the concept is bad. The concept is fundament- fundamentally flawed. But yeah, that same concept is stored in the Constructors' Championship, dragging with Ferrari and yeah, the concept is finishing on the podium. Like I, I'll maintain the concept is not fundamentally flawed. There's potential in, in the car concept. It's just not as quick as a rebel Ferrari at the moment. That doesn't mean that the concept is bad. I've been saying it in the group that the rest of the people that are the rest of the constructors that are P5 and P4 to to P10 does that mean their concept is used is flawed as well. You know. So I'm hoping I'm counting on Mercedes to um to to pull through and get in the championship fight as well. Obviously, I think it will be too late by the time they they get get their act together, but yeah. And also I also just want to like, you know, I mean, point out the silliness of people like um, Fernando Alonso and, and uh you know Kevin Magnuson. you see what Kevin tried to pull again? He didn't learn from Spain. At the end of the day he finished last. You know, if you think that a driver like that would have matured, right? To so understand that you have to play the long game. You understand? Play the long game. You don't have your car. You're, you're not even faster than Lewis. First of all, you're not faster than any of the cars in front of you. So your goal should be maintain position. We're trying to, you know. So, anyways, it's Magnus. I'm not surprised. And also, that's trying to, uh, you know, every time is the guy is just so obsessed with Lewis, you know, doing the race. He was he didn't think about okay where's Max? Where's Science? Was like Lewis is <laughs> cars behind him. I was asking where's Lewis? Like I mean, at the end of the day, right? I'm not surprised that you know both drivers are wallowing in the midfield. You know, I mean. Alonso is a great talent, no doubt, but you know, anyways. Uh, but I'm looking forward to looking forward to um, next next uh the next race in Silverstone. Upgrades are coming in for Mercedes, I think Red Bull and Ferrari too. So we'll see if we're able to make a step and we can we can we can move forward there. But yeah, um, congrats to to all the podium, podium finishers again. And uh thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh Yemi. I um, actually, actually forgot the incident with um his the Magnuson? you know I, sometimes I I don't know how you will be on the outside you were clearly on the outside there was no way you could have even made the position but oh, oh well it is what it is um smart please go ahead thank you uh smart please
6: Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, I wanted to talk on uh, Max. A uh, brilliant race from him. Uh, once he qualified, um, P one. I just knew that he was going to dominate today. Though the safety car made it a bit tricky because Saints was like close to him. But even at that position, I knew that he was still going to pull through. Um, sad week for Perez. Um, uh, I don't really understand why. Red Bull are still having these issues, but you know, when they Week in, week out. So it's just it's, ju- it's just going to happen. Just hopefully they can like try and rectify it so that it doesn't like cost them later on in the season. Because one thing with Formula One is yeah, one one week you are looking good, you are on top of the world. The next week you can be <laughs> You can be rock bottom, so that's one thing with Formula One. So they have to just like try and rectify that issue. Um, I was a bit shocked with Russell's performance this week. Like, how do you put on slicks when the track is still? I, I still don't understand that guy' decision making that yesterday, and it cost him. Even though, cause I I really thought he was going to do well uh, this season, and um, this race. Sorry, but he, he still tried, Sha. At least he got uh, He got something, so that's still that's still good. Then on the rest of the field, um, I don't really have too much comments. And um, this guy, um, um Mick Schumacher, uh this, uh, this is um, Timbos was ghosting him because he was crashing. So today come, he no crash, you <laughs> can't mess up. <laughs> Hope say he do go come, they shout for after, because <laughs> you know, be he know he don't be So that's just what I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it to the next person. Uh,
1: thank you very much. I'm, I'm smart. Um about a second, I know you you want to speak but I'll come to you. Um Panda, I don't know if you have anything to say before I go to Mars.
7: I think you can just go with the queue and Okay, Moss, All
0: right, no problem.
7: Mass, um please I mean, go ahead.
0: I can't hear you. We can hear you. I think your internet is sorry? We can't hear you. I think your internet was. I don't know if it was me, but I, can't, I
1: couldn't hear you. At two minutes ago. Oh, is anyone? Um, is anyone else can having we, issues we, hearing me?
0: We can hear you, man.
1: Okay, okay, Mas. I guess the issue will be from you. Um, thank you very much, Engineer Salim, for that. Uh, Ridwan, please go ahead. Then Kemba will come to you next. Thank you.
8: Good evening, everyone. Good evening.
1: Good evening, Ridwan.
8: Okay. so the race was fantastic. The last 10 laps was epic science and Max gave us a brilliant race, not like the first when we really started. And so for Ferris, I had it was a transmission problem from Martin Brondi. That's what he said. So was, it's, it's, so the thing is that the thing that I can stop the only thing that I can start from winning this championship both the drivers and the constructors is their ability issue. So that's just it for them. And for us, they have been were not up to the tax at all. From five and six of the grid DNF and P and last. So and for the alpha remote, like the really tries to especially so Bottas and Joe. And also I had I also had an ERS problem. That, that was why he was uh-huh. able to charge of. Hello, can you hear me?
1: Uh yeah, oh. read one. Carry on, please. Okay,
8: Sorry so, about that. I okay. also had an ERS problem. That's why that's why he was maybe to the charge of the battery. So and for Max, that was that was the championship drive that we were expecting from him. E. Like his maturity now is not like last season. He's very matured. Now I think the fight with Lewis giving more maturity and more, more like more improvement is game. And as CNN said, he said it was Charles or Amity. that is, it will have been a given ball game. But don't let us forget Miami. The last ten laps, Max, uh, it was just like today also. So Charles was able to do anything in Miami. So. That one, that's just that's rubbish. What you said was rubbish. So and I think that was the billion to this. The upper also, they were unable to do well. They had another DNA So I think that's all. It. That was all it.
1: Thank you very much, uh one Um Abasi. Okay, um just before Abasi gets on again. Let me say the queue. So it's Abasi Ekme Um Ms. Cartrock Mars then um Yemy please in that order. Abbas, okay, um, please go ahead.
4: Yeah, I'm just jumping into defend Alonso. I mean from what Yemi said. I don't know maybe it's he's joking or I mean before the race, Alonso he said something about like race space, you know, with the setup they had from yesterday, which was a wet setup for a gyre. he's expecting P6 or P7. Well in his radio really before the race, you know, he talked about, you know, how Hamilton is their focus, which was the realistic thing to do. He was never going to battle with Verstappen, you know. Signs hope for a podium was at best thought. And he knew how was obviously contender for that. It's not, it's not you know, there's there's always that agenda, you know, it's still hot about 2007, blah, blah, blah. It's not the case. And unfortunately for him, you know, he had issues with the engine. And even then, he still, had, he could still, he didn't have the pace, but he could have still overtaken Oakland and finished P6 because he was driving faster, but the team didn't um, didn't agree to that. So it's still a decent race from him and generally a good weekend for him. And Especially for Alpine, just uh, four points behind McLaren now in constructors. So, I mean, big weekend for them.
1: Uh, thank you. Um,
9: next, please.
1: I guess I'm um, does Miss Catwalk.
10: Hi, everyone. Well, you Hi. know, I'm happy today. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time in a long time, we've seen Lewis smiling, which is always a plus. I'm really happy with how the Mercedes cars performed today. And um the reliability of the cars has been really, really good. So my heart is warm today. But with regards to signs, I was really surprised that he wasn't able to win this race, especially as he got so close on a number of occasions the the um the Ferraris don't seem to have the straight line speed that's needed to. Overtake Red Bull, and also I feel like Science doesn't have the killer instinct, which is unfortunate.
1: Thank you, Miss Tatra. Um, on Science, I, well, he has come out to say he was the fastest on track, but um, to overtake Verstappen, you you need more than two, three tenths, for, you know that. To, I'm like, Uncle, you did not do it, you did not do it. Don't come and say you were the fastest man on track. But that's just my opinion. Um, yeah,
0: Mars. please go ahead. Oh, hi, hi everyone, hi everyone. Um, yeah, today's been a good day, you know, today's been a good day. Good to see the the greatest driver of all time, you know, on the podium again. Uh, I know it's peppering some people, but yeah, you know, I really, really feel like they're moving forward with this car. I'd say that we're we'll probably getting closer to the Ferraris. Uh, then again, George Russell, amazing from P8 to, to P4. It's quite unfortunate that what he did yesterday, I don't know why people are really hammering him like that because, I mean, it's, it's Formula One, it's a risk. If he had worked out for him, he would have been P1. Everyone would have been like, wow, what a great guy. So, yeah, it is what is did work for him yesterday in terms of qualifying, but today really was a pace. Um, very good. Um, hello, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, please contrary. Yeah, ah,
0: sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, so yeah, that was very good. Um, and uh, I have one thing to say about K-Mart. K Okay, have uh, there's this footage of Shao calling Kmart. He said K Mark is the stupidest driver and we will always be the stupidest driver on track. And it, it really is. It really is. I have to look for this future and send it to you, Admin. This guy is so dumb. I've never seen it. You really have you have the car, but just wait, you know, be patient. It doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, it is what it is. At the end of the day, he finished. Fucking, I don't know where, to be honest. Sorry for cursing, but if it finished, I don't know where. But it's what is very good race. Uh, and science, I think we're going to start to have... We need to have a conversation about science now because you are in a top team. You have a good car. You have all you need, but you are not there. And there is something that is not happening. I mean, if you're not as good, it just means to me that you're not caught out for a good team. So, because he had better tyres, he... Personally, I think they were very good in the they were very good in the twisty parts of the circuits. Uh, I I hoped that he could get there. I don't know what happened, but I mean it is what it is. Uh, also about Alonso. Funny enough, I expected much, much more from him. Like, you know, he's a Higgy Haga driver like Max. So I expected him to, you know, to pull up some madness, but he didn't. And yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean good 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 race so far. Uh, really, really looking forward to see what's done. Thank
1: you very much, uh, mass Um, Yemi, please go ahead. And um, um, one second, Yemi. Just before you go ahead, um, Faye, I've been trying to bring you up. I don't know. Maybe if you can leave and join back again, you know. Then um, we'll try that. Yemi, please go ahead.
5: Okay. Yeah, I just want to respond to the person who said I was saying uh, rubbish. About me, about um, you know, if it was either Leclerc or Hamilton, you know, at the end of that race, and you know, the outcome could have been different, and you know, drawing a parallel for Miami. Now, in Miami, Red Bull had a clear pace advantage on the Ferrari on the race day. Mm -hmm. Ferrari had a qualifying advantage, but Red Bull had a clear race pace advantage, right? And that was evidenced by Max Verstappen to overtaking Leclerc, you know, in Miami on what the, the I mean, it was, he it, it overtook Leclerc very early. I don't remember the exact lap, right? So, Max and Red had the pace, right? So, it didn't matter even when it was a safety car on similar, you know, tires or or thereabouts, you know, mark was able to, to move forward. Yeah, but this was different. I know you guys, are, Max, some of you guys don't like to pay attention to detail in the, in, in the name of agenda, but it's okay, but I just want to draw your Attention to that. In this race, uh, science in a Ferrari was slightly quicker than Max today. And I would say that if you put Lewis Hamilton or even George Russell and in Leclerc in that Ferrari, they they could have made something happen. No, I'm not saying that Max was a short banker. Of course, Max is a very talented driver, but it could have made something happen. And that's what I'm trying to say. And then the other thing I just want to just point out. I forgot to point out the first time was, you know, we've saying it. I've been telling you guys. For the past couple of, of weekends, I look man, you know Mercedes experimenting with Lewis. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of exp- experiments and you can see, and that's reflected in the volatility of his performance across the weekends, Right, the first weekend was the, uh, Bavarin, was last Jackal. weekend where the first weekend of the of the of the uh, of the year was last weekend where, um, you know, the where they both had, I would say, similar cars, right, because that was just the first weekend. And it was clear Lewis outperformed, right. You know, I'm not saying George, so George is a fantastic driver, but you know, I've just been hearing. I'm just getting tired of that narrative that oh, he's decaying, Lewis, he's decaying, Lewis. Like there's mitigating circumstances, and I'm trying to tell you guys the two podiums. or well, George has three podiums. This is it. two of those podiums. One in Miami, one in Australia. Without the car, Lewis have been on the podium, clear and simple, Lewis was I had the pace. I was qualified and had the pace. But like I said, you guys are general people. You don't want to pay attention to detail. And you can see in this, this just this race after safety car, in ten laps or ten or fifteen laps or so, Lewis had pulled five to six seconds of George, right? So at the end of the day, right? You know, I'll maintain Lewis is a great driver. George, George is fantastic. I think those two are the pair. You know, the, I think they're the, one of the strongest pairs on the grid now. But I think, guys, let's just calm it down on the Lewis versus George ad- agenda for now. You know, they're both trying to get the car up to speed. And we can't be interpreting their performances, you know, at face because there's things behind the scenes we don't know. Thank you. Well,
1: well said, dmi Well said. Uh, thank you. Um, I guess it's uh, okay. I see some hands are up now. So, um, Panda, then um, Panda, Salim, then Ms. Catrock, then um, Abdul. Please, um, Panda. Sorry, please, can I go? Um, um, Faye, please, uh, we'll come to you, please. I know you've been trying to speak. Okay, um, after Panda, please. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, um, Panda, please go ahead.
7: Hello, guys. Um, especially for Max, cool and collected until the end. Um, I just want to speak on Ferrari. I don't know if it's just me or but. uh, I think lately, what has been a pattern for Ferrari over the years that when it comes to decision-making and strategy, they've been sloppy during the race. At some point, we think, uh, okay, maybe they're waiting for virtual safety, uh, for the safety car. Then, like uh, Charles now, for example, he was chasing Ocon for almost, uh, let's say, 20, 10 to 20 laps. And it was infuriating. If you're going to pick this guy to, like gain time instead of track position like they did earlier. It was uh let's say uh, let's say the at the end of the t- like Charles had he kept complaining the, because his tires wasn't giving him enough grip to follow Ocon and go into that position. And at that point they were supposed to like okay let's beat this guy so that even if safety car comes again maybe you can go for two stops. So I think Generally, for Ferrari, they are given that there was less to work with when it comes to strategy, and I think is it's like a disadvantage for let's say for Charles. Now that we started the season, he was leading. Now he's just fifteen points ahead of George, and it's very terrible. It's it's not it's not acceptable at all for like let's say someone that is fighting for championship. That's what I want to say.
1: Thank you very much, uh Panda. Um guys, please just um Angina Salim, please um I'll just um allow Faye to um go quickly, then um you speak next. Thank you. Um Faye, please go ahead. Thank you.
11: Yeah, thanks. Uh thank you guys for giving me the platform to speak. So first of all, there's been never been a better time to be a Max Verstappen fan. I'm really happy for Red Bull. Uh throughout the weekend it was really good. Like This guy said the best time on wet tires when, were on intermediate. Like I was so I was so like gassed out about it, and then for Russell picking the soft man, I was hoping that gamble would pay out for him because that was a very risky thing to do, and I was hoping it to pay out because he might he might have been like maybe P one or even P two or something like that, and. It's great to see uh Max on P3 again today, cause uh I'm a Verstappen fan, but I mean Max is is good of all time. Like this guy is a very good driver. For Saints today, I expected Max to you not know, let him go through. When people were saying yeah uh, he has the fresher tires, I mean the lap difference was not that much, so it was just like a couple of laps. And then Verstappen has uh he has an aggressive driving style. And even though CNN had DRS and all, I guess sometimes it's better to be the defender than trying to attack. Him. And in that case, Verstappen is no—he's not a baby driver now. He's not someone you can just pass like that. So I was—I knew that he was going to keep it to the end. And finally, I'm just happy for Lewis getting back to P3. I'm really happy for that. Thanks.
1: Thank you very much, um, Faye. Um, Engineer Salim, please go ahead. And then, um, all right,
8: thank you very much.
1: Man. And then, um, yeah, um, Engineer Salim, I know you asked the question um regarding the technical directive. So, um, if anyone wants to talk about that as well, so that um, yeah, we could just touch on that. Um, but yeah, Engineer Salim, go ahead. Thank you.
3: Um, all right um yeah on the issue of like uh well overtaking Verstappen throughout the race I think um yeah Ferrari they have been faster marginally in terms of the streets but uh like they haven't been faster through the corners if you've like watched or seen any of the data so and uh I'm not taking anything away from what Verstappen has done. He has done incredibly well. He drove like a champion, which he is. But like Red Bull is the only car, I believe, that, well, the only car at the top that doesn't have any form of bouncing or purposing. So like other drivers have that to contend with. So like, let's not bash signs too much that like he couldn't make that move. And like watching watching the race, for him to actually do that move cleanly on the back straight, he would have to, he must have been maybe three tenths behind, which I think there was never a point where he was uh, up to like five tenths behind. He was always six tenths, seven tenths. And that wouldn't be, well, it it wouldn't be enough for him to overtake that red bull is the most well-rounded car we have this season um similarly yeah on the issue someone was asking about like the move russell made yesterday that he could have come out p1 i don't think he could have because even if he did right we have been facing uh tire temperature issues with the mercedes even the the ones that like the mercedes that used to walk like the W11, W12, they had tire temperature issues. Getting those tires to work was, was a huge problem. So yesterday, the weather was terrible. It was damp. Some parts of the track had like puddles of water. So I I don't understand the logic behind what he did. Even if he came out, uh, he got pulled in terms of qualifying and came out P1, he couldn't still have maintained that Race peace because the fact of the matter is that, yeah, Mercedes are trying, but they are still behind, they have a lot of catch up to do. And yeah, uh, the last thing I want to say is to Imadi, I don't know if Imadi is here. Do you still believe that the W13, the concept of it, is a fundamentally flawed
12: design, as you've kept saying? <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Uh Madam, respond to him, please. <laughs> uh, I said, I said the other day. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah I can hear you. Go ahead, oh, man. I
3: he can hear you. All right, I hear you too.
12: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> All right. The thing about it is what you guys are, are failing to, or what you guys have refused to acknowledge like this. Yes, it could be a fundamentally flawed design, but just like everything in life, you could walk through it. Is that not possible? So if it is a flood design and is making the floor flex too much because they've packaged the whole car very, very tightly without the side pods design and all that kind of thing. If that is my point of saying it is a fundamentally flood design and it is wrong, can't it be worked through? And Salim, you're an engineer. You should know that um, engineers can optimize things and work through things and get it working. Now, yes, yes, we continue. can, we can, right, we can. But can I can I finish? Oh, uh, go ahead, Sorry, go ahead. Please. All right, okay. Now, and just to just to um to continue to respond to your own point and to also um respond to your point of the whole fundamentalist because I've been the one championing that for as long as possible. Um, without the safety car today, this evening, a bit okay. I said this evening. This race that we had just had. How, how many seconds do you think um, Mercedes would have finished behind um, Ferrari? I think that was going to be almost like a 30 seconds or 20-something seconds, if I'm right. I'm not sure. Someone can correct me. But the truth about it is, if a team has dominated for eight years, and then you come out with a new regulations and then you are this far behind, yes, you are firmly told. No one is arguing that with you. The regulations have made, has made it that, okay, just replacing Ferrari with Mercedes and just top two in front. You guys are firmly told it's on a good day, you guys will get P5 and P6 without a doubt. But if a new regulations come out, has come out and then your interpretation is putting you 30 seconds, 40 seconds behind the winning car. Don't you think that's a fundamental flaw design? I don't. I honestly don't understand why this is a big issue. It can be a It can be a flood design, and it can still be getting P five and P six. If unless you think, unless you guys are going to tell me um, Mercedes' ambition right now is to be P five and P six and P three in the driver in the constructors championship, then I'm fine with you. i I would agree that my thesis of saying um, is a fundamentally flood design is wrong. But if that is not Mercedes' um, um, ambition. For this season, then what are we saying? This is a team that has dominated from 2014 to 2020, to 2020, even 2021, boy, it was sort of equal in 2021. So, but you guys are back now and you're finishing 40 seconds, 30 seconds behind. Personally, I have been ch- I mean, you cannot, my friends, my guys on the have said that Mrs. Like, okay, going to go well in Silverstone. But for the beginning of the race even now, for the beginning of the season till now, it has shown that this design is flawed because as they solve one issue, multiple they ha- you guys have fire warming up issues, you guys have bouncing issues, you guys have hard purposing issues. I think they've rectified re- 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 that. You guys have so many things that are going on with your car. So if that is not a fundamentally flood design, then what exactly is the fundamentally flood design? Thank you.
5: And be can you respond? If I may just respond
12: a bit to like what
3: Imadi.
1: Imade, I, I think you put yourself in a courtroom, putting yourself um, as a defendant. So, uh, yeah, me and Salim, please just...
3: Uh, one no, minute. no, just, just one minute, one minute. Like, uh, talking about the regulation changes that have been made. Okay, uh, this whole regulation change, if you really look at it, it has kind of been a witch hunt against us because most of the, okay, like the concept of uh, the ground effect, okay, that one is new, but like a lot of innovations that we've made, like our suspension was taken away from us. So in a way, a lot of like direct changes, they were done to stop Mercedes dominance. And talking about the fundamentally flawed design as you keep hammering on every time, what we are looking at is the long game. The, tra- the trajectory of our race car development is not about where we stand this season. It's about where we can take the car. And yeah, we we strongly believe that there's so much like that can be done. And this car is going to redeem itself. And it's not like uh, it, it used to be the, the, the days when we could spend $500 million annually. There's a cost cap. So I don't even get the concept I get the concept, but I don't agree with the concept of the cost cap. It's like you're inviting somebody to uh, a dinner party and you, there's there's a, okay, you can't wear nothing more than a $500 tuxedo. It, it doesn't really make sense. This is the pinnacle of motorsports. So we should be allowed to use as much resources as we have to innovate and develop as much as we can. But it will shock you, Sha.
5: Hmm.
3: Thank you.
5: Um, uh, uh, in, 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 let me just let me just uh, go before. Padilla, you uh, amigo,
1: please.
5: Yeah, so I think like I said again, by your logic, right? The 2019 Rebel, the 2018 Rebel, the 2017 Rebel were fundamentally flawed designs Finishing 40 seconds, 30 seconds behind is a moot point. And let me tell you why. Because in those years, 17, 18, 19, there were races where you know Lewis and, and uh you know or the Mercedes will finish probably a minute. <laughs> Ahead of the Red Bull, do you understand? But the Red Bull was not a bad car in those years. So by logic, that those cars are fundamentally flawed designs. But guess what? It was on. It was those cars set as a baseline, the the highway concept of the Red Bull in those in the previous era, set as a baseline for the car they were able to give Max in 2021, and it was able to use to fight for a championship. If um if um Adriani were listening to you and said ah this concept a is, the- is
12: not related to the boys.
5: If, if, um, if
12: but if you Adrian, do you need, what the
1: hell? No.
12: <laughs> if sorry,
1: Adrian... uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, Yami. no,
12: no, wait, wait, listen,
1: oh, oh, oh. um, no, no, Ibrahim, bro, listen please, to me, Ibrahim, I mean, it, listen Ibrahim, to Ibrahim, me, Ibrahim, please be patient, one second, please be patient, please, yeah, me, please finish your point.
5: Sorry, thanks, yeah, so if if, if um, Adrian, you are listening to Imadi, right, you know, <laughs> you'd have abandoned that highway concept, you'd have called it fundamentally for them when we're finishing 40. 30 seconds behind Lewis and and Bottas, and they would have started following, chasing Mercedes in the the flat rate concept. I don't know where Red Bull will be, but I mean, so at the end of the day, you have to understand this concept, the fact that this concept that is so radical, they are still able to use it to fight for P3, P4, despite all the challenges, means there's something there. And this concept, they may not get it right this year, right? And yes, because the company doesn't have an ambition to be finishing P3, P4, they have a long-term ambition to finish P1, this concept to serve as a baseline for the cars that will give Lewis and Russell a championship content, um, um, co- contending car in, in, in future. And that's the home, that's the point I've been trying to make since, you know. Thank you. Thank
1: you
3: uh, very we much. Ha- uh, um, we haven't had one power unit issue, Shah.
1: I'm um, Salim. <laughs> so, um, Imani, just before you speak, I know Miss Cartrock is also a mech fan, so... I'll just allow you to absorb all the points together and reply them at once. Then we we'll go to um Abdulatif. Abdul, thank you for waiting. Then after Abdul um Jakada in Dauda. Thank you.
10: Miss Catrock. Hi. When I was there last time, I forgot to say what the hell's going on with Kevin Magnuson? So every time that you're near Lewis on the grid, you're going to hit his car. What is that about? But understand that every time you get on the grid and you do madness, the ancestors will drag your car to the back of the grid. So carry on. See how you you ended up from the beginning of the grid to the end? That behavior is what you will continue to get. He's taking a piss and it's pissing me off.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Um, um, Imade, please go ahead.
12: All right. Yeah, I, you, Yemi and Salim, I think you guys just want to attack me for the sake of attacking me. Now, when, and Yemi, I told you this, I think a couple of days ago, When when I say a design of a car, um i can i can't go into full details right now but when i'm talking about the fundamental flood design it's how the car interacts with the air how it behaves in low medium and high speed corners how it chews or doesn't chill its tires how um basically the aerodynamic concept of the car now you you give an example of um you give an example of um, red bull in 20 i think 2016, 2017, 2018. Now, how many years did it take for them to solve it? Did you actually detail everything that was changed on the concept of that car from the number of, number of years to when it actually started performing? Now, uh, second, another thing I need to mention to you is, I'm trying to be brief so that other people can talk, because I, that's why I don't want to elaborate on all these particular points I'm making. Another thing I also mentioned mention to you is um, the, Red Bull as well had power unit issues. I think in 2017 and 2018. I can't remember specifically. So now, when we're talking about a car, at the moment, Mercedes PU is still very solid, but they are having these issues. So we need, when we're talking about a fast car, we should also we should we need to separate the aerodynamic design and the concept of the aerodynamic package from the power unit because. A. Flood car can actually go fast with a good power unit. And I ne- never for once on this space or multiple spaces that we've all had this discussion, have I said Mercedes will not solve it. In fact, I have you can ask Abdul that's going to speak after me. I have said Mercedes is most likely going to win in Silverstone. Most, most times they think, my guys think I'm actually joking. But if a car, if a concept is to be flawed, it doesn't mean it can't be worked through. That is the point we should. Look. I think I don't. I don't. I, I I don't know how. I just find it difficult. I don't. I don't understand how I need to explain this thing again. If concepts can be wrong and flawed at the beginning, but well, it doesn't mean it cannot be. It cannot be optimized. The deficiencies can be removed and made a fast car. So I don't get this. You said if a junior has listened to me. It genuinely sort of labored with that car for how many years before it started coming good in 2020, and then finally be a proper um, championship contender in 2021. So, how many years did he run through that? How many iterations of that car did he produce? And also, with the backlog of a bad period behind them, I think was it the Renault or the initially then the Honda? So. When we're talking about what exactly, you said um, this is a baseline. Yes, it can solve as a baseline for them. They can actually solve it before the ending of the season. But looking at their status, looking at the, them as a juggernaut team, is this their ambition to be finishing 40 or 50 seconds behind the winning car? If that is their ambition, then fine, it's a good design. But if that's not the ambition, then it's a flawed design. That's not so difficult to understand
1: thank you thank you uh just to uh, defend my co-host there bit, I believe what he's trying to say is that Well, um, mercedes has a standard they they've maintained for the past 8 years as constructors champions you know so even now um in this new regulation you are going to be finishing um 20-30 seconds behind them. It's more like a drop in standard, you know, from where you've been. So yeah. Um, Abdul, please go ahead. Thank you for waiting.
13: Guys, um, 26th win for Max Verstappen, six race, six race wins in a row for Red Bull. Um, it's a good time to be a Red Bull fan and the Max fan actually. Um, we're at the top, we're winning races. Um, this is a dominant period for us, and um, we are making good of it, getting maximum points. We're not out here arguing whether we have a flawed concept or not. We're not jubilating over P3. I mean, it's it's good times here. And um for Yemi, Yemi saying um Red Red Bull um agenda merchant should come down. It's actually funny because he's actually the agenda merchant, and he's the actual he's the actual person that's supposed to come down. He mentioned something about um, Red Bull having a fundamentally flawed concept in 2018. And in 2018, the problem was actually the engine. The Renault engine was the problem. In 2019, when they switched to the Honda engine, Max had four wins. Four wins is greater than the total number of wins Ferrari scored, both Ferrari drivers scored in that season. So that's that. The problem was the engine in 2017, 2018. I mean, in 2018... Daniel Ricardo had about eight DNS. That was how bad it was, the Renault engine was in 2018. So um that that it was just an engine issue. And from 2019, you could see the pickup. In 2019, four wins in 2020 had Max had just two wins, but you could see that the car was there. We Max was against the very, very dominant Mercedes. And in 2021, well, I don't need to say anything about that in 2021. So that's that. Then um, for people going in on signs, I think. Sainz actually did his best. He didn't just have that, that thing extra to go um, to get the move done. And again, Verstappen was very smart with the placement of his car. He was not defending fresh air. He was a very, very cool head. And um, we've seen this from Verstappen before. It's not just this season. Um, if you guys remember Kota last season, I know there will be more than one instance of that, but I may not have a number. The Circuit of the America, the race in Texas last season... Um, the last few laps, it was Verstappen behind, Verstappen leading. Hamilton was trying, but he couldn't get it. So, obviously, this season is going to be better because the cars can follow each other closely. But this is not the first time we're seeing it from Max. I mean, there was the second race of the season this year in Jeddah. We also saw how tight that was. So, this is not the first time Max could hold a lead. And um, that's that. So, for, yep, that's that for now,
14: sure. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Abdu. Um, do we still have him here? Um, Jakarta.
14: Yes. Um, good evening, all. Um, good I evening. hope you can hear me. Um, I just want to quickly um, rebuttal a point made by Engineer Salim. Um, I think the idea of having a price cap is important, just the same way we have in football. We talk about financial fair play. I think it allows um it allows the teams that because we all know that just as we have in football, and I'll make this reference over and over again, just like we have in football, a rich um, country or a rich person backed by his um um country can come in, buy a football club, then go and spend um you know outrageous amounts of money. To, to sign the best players in the world, right? Without necessarily doing any, because at the end of the day, what you want to have is to have competition, right? If there is no competition, then at the end of the day, what, what, what then what are we doing, right? If you look at the number of teams that over, over the years have challenged um, Mercedes, right? How many are they? Just basically two. Red Bull and Ferrari, I feel like it's bad for the sport and bad going forward because what you have is complete dominance. I feel like it becomes boring. Just imagine uh, Mercedes winning championships for like 15 years in a row. And only God knows if this, uh, you know, all the changes that we've had this year didn't occur, how, you know, for how many more years would Lewis Hamilton have like continued to like win um, championships? Right. So I think for you to say you, you don't um, agree with it, I think it, it's because it doesn't favor the team and the driver that you support. Now, I'll give I think the second point I just want to quickly um talk about is that you said there is a witch hunt against Mercedes. Please. How? Because something doesn't favor you or doesn't favor your team. It doesn't mean it's a witch hunt. Right. Um. Um, when racing points copied um, part of the design that messages had, they were docked points. They were fined. Meanwhile, if you look at what the regulation says, these guys didn't do anything illegal. It's just that they were outperforming or they were um, doing more than what people expected. Then all of a sudden, it became a problem. Right? So it's not about a witch hunt. It's about gaining an unfair advantage. The particular um, um, example that he gave, that does thing, that thing is unfair. If you look at what it does and the advantage it gives, it is unfair. So I think just, just these two points, I just wanted to um, um, quickly add this uh, um, to, to the discussion. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Jakarta. I will say you've made some um, very interesting points. You know, and I'm sure Engineer Salim, I know you have a response, so please just uh, go ahead, and then um, please just be wary of time. Thank you.
3: Um, all right, thank you, man. Um, yeah, like saying that, uh, yeah, cost cap. What I said was, I understand it, I just don't agree with it. Like Formula One is an expensive sport. It, it is. Even the cost of traveling is you have to travel to three countries every year. The logistics alone is something that is very expensive, right? You have to pay maybe you have a, a crew of maybe 2,000 uh, in your factory. Like that's that's a very big number of people that you have to pay, right? Then, okay, look at what we're facing right now with cars being overweight. Why do you feel that cars are overweight? I don't know, can you hear me? Sorry, a call is coming in. Yeah, we
1: can hear you, Karen.
3: All right, why, why do you feel that cars are overweight? It's it's basic material science. If you want uh, expensive, sorry, if you want uh, materials that are stronger and lightweight, you have to spend money. It's, it's, it's just logic, right? And uh, the concept of be, the that the, the system that you said was, what did you call it? You said it was cheating or something. The whole concept of Formula One has always been a testing ground for research and development of uh, systems and components that we can use in advancing the automobile industry, right? um talking about okay the whole ground effect thing right ground effect was invented by lotus if i'm not mistaken right it was banned after a while but now it has resurfaced a lot of systems that we use in our day to day cars was invented in in formula one so if we are not allowed to use the resources that we have to make as much innovation as we can what's the point of that like like what was the point of uh the whole racing in the in, like was the what's the point? And talking about like uh systems that we've been using, okay. You said the that, that system is cheating. I don't understand how it is cheating. You can please explain that. And yeah, and the issue of the which witch hunt, which I said, uh, okay, like the system we were using in terms of our fuel to air ratio, our party mode as it was called, it was banned. Why was it banned? Because Red Bull went to go and cry to the FIA, and they banned it because they felt it was an advantage, right? The the suspension system that we've been using for years, it was banned. We're still struggling, right? Drivers are facing uh, back problems with purposing due to the ground effect, and the FIA still hasn't come up with a technical directive to address it for all. So I don't know, man. That's all I
1: have to say. Thank you very much. Uh okay, Imade, I'll, I'll before I come to you, let's um allow Panda. Um but yeah, um guys, um we'll be moving on shortly to the rest of um the grid. You know, so um yeah, so um Panda please go ahead.
7: Okay, like, uh I just want to respond to what Inge- Salim is saying. Uh I think when you say like uh using Budget uh, all the resources you have to make research and innovation. It doesn't mean that you have to use all the money you have into that research and everything. That's why it's called uh, competition. Because, okay, let's say, let's use this bracket. Let's use this budget cap. Let's see how good you are with this budget cap. So it doesn't mean you have to, okay, you have $1 billion. You have to spend all your $1 billion. It's just to make okay, okay, let's say the grid tighter, the competition, let's the let the car be within range with each other. Let's say if messages can source one billion and put it in their in their research, in let's say five to ten years, what we cars like Alpha Romeo do has and everything. So it has to do with it's all within the competition. It's not just that they are limiting you or they are limiting the powerful guys. They're making it m- more exciting for the sport and everything. So and when you say uh the purpose and everything every car has their own problem and every car needs to fix their own issue so it's not it's not something that is general that you say uh, a particular car have to like FIA needs to intervene in every situation or is a rich on anything it's not like that it's just it's a spirit of competition uh, thank you
1: thank you very much uh Imadi, please go ahead.
12: Just to continue from where um, Anders from, um, 2009, Jensen Button won the championship and basically won it with the effect of um, the W def- user that the Brown GP had, and it was banned after that season. Um, 2011, 2012, Red Bull, Adrian new Gabe Vettel, um, a blown diffuser, and he was banned eventually. So this idea of um, FIA's witch hunting Mercedes, even two thousand I think two thousand and five, two thousand and six, if I'm right, they banned private tire testing when Shumi was um, when Shume was um, dominating. So this idea of oh they are witch hunting Mercedes. This is not the first time things are being banned. This is not the first time technical directives are being, are being written to hamper the team in front. In 2013, um, 2013, Mercedes did a private tire test before, even before after the Monaco GP, and that benefited them in 2014. So you cannot just bring out certain things that favor your point and neglect the others. Yes, it seems like at this moment you guys are being targeted. But this is the way Formula One has been run, as far as I can remember that I've been watching Formula One. So I don't, I don't honestly don't get this, or oh, they're targeting is the a witch hunt against Mercedes because you guys have been. If we want to actually be sincere with ourselves, so far in the history of Formula One, it took, a regulation lasts five years. Why on earth did the regulation for Mercedes last from 2014 to 2021? Why did it last eight years? If we want to, if we want to look at this which ones, were you guys not favored in that point? Okay, we can say, why didn't it was supposed to be 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18 was supposed to be the last time, but they stretched it to 20 to 2020 and then COVID happened. Then they had to extend it extra. So, we, when when we are just for context, when we are bringing up these sort of um, topics and discussions that oh, one team is being which is being is being targeted because they've been dominating or because they have a uh, for those I know most of us here don't do this, but for those that want to go the racial line or because they have a black driver, they are racist and those things. When we are bringing up this discussion, let's put it into the larger context. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Imade. Um, okay, I see Salim. Salim, please go ahead quickly.
3: um like we can go on and on about this, right but let's just agree to disagree um Formula One has always been about politics, right There's a lot of like under the table discussions that go around, right And yeah, um take for instance this season, With the cost cap, I think even uh, Christian Horner came out to like say that uh, he believes that towards the end of the season, some of the teams might not actually be able to uh, show up for the races because of the cost cap, right? And uh, with what is going on in the world, there's inflation. So that is also affecting the cost cap. And okay, like Red Bull is a big team. They are about to become, well, an engine manufacturer, but Red Bull has always been a big team. So a team like Haas, like they, they wouldn't feel anything. Actually, it's to their disadvantage if the top teams cannot be able to come to races for maybe five, six, seven races to go in the season. So yeah, like, of course, it has its merits and the merits, but at the end of the day, Formula One is an expensive sport. And you need a very large amount of resources to for you to be able to to play the game. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much, Salim. Um. So, guys, just quickly. Um. As we round up. Um. On this Mercedes. Um. Red Bull topic, I believe we'll also touch. Um. Ferrari as well. If you. We would like to um, still add anything please just raise your hand up just before we move on to um, our opinion quickly um okay so um jojo then i'm jason so after these two gentlemen then we move on to the rest of the grid thank you
15: okay thank you everyone um i just want to add a couple of thoughts and i think i agree with the last caller or the last um speaker Formula One has always been um, about politics and um, you will see it in the way the teams have always been fighting and complaining to FIA to make necessary adjustments in regulations that will favor their teams. So that's it. Secondly is that um, I don't get why we're going into a new season, a new year with so much regulation changes and then there's a cost cap. I think FIA got that wrong. There's so many changes going into this new year, and then there's a cost cap to go with it, going with the fact that you know there's so much inflation in the market, and it's already telling on the teams. Today, I looked at uh, was this one of the Ferraris, either Leclerc, Leclerc or um, Sciences car, and I saw that there was a tape on the body. I mean, it's an ISO to see a Formula 1 car being driven like that. Can you hear me? I don't know if everyone can still hear me. So um yes, we can please. Okay, thank you. So I, I think um, it's more about politics as around how teams can get advantage of themselves. Now on the on the issue of the witch hunt thing, I think the term witch hunt is not really accurate. But let's look at it this way: Mercedes has been very dominant, and a lot of the things that Mercedes has done has been pure genius and innovation. I mean, it's boring already looking at Mercedes dominating every race, every and kudos to them, they've done absolutely well. I mean, it would be very unfair to leave certain regulations like that. So teams will continue to complain. I mean, three seasons ago, we had Red Bull, and it's always Red Bull. I mean, Red Bull's always complaining about how tires are are getting warmer. They're always complaining about how uh, Mercedes did this, how Ferrari did that. It's always Red Bull. And... It's not necessarily a winch hunt. They're just trying to get advantage in the regulations that will favor them. When they banned party mode, it was Red Bull complaining. When they banned DAS, and I, I'm sorry, I disagree with whichever speaker said DAS is a cheat. I mean, it's a very, very brilliant system. I mean, FIA checked it. It was according to the, to the regulations, to the rules. And the DAS system was very brilliant but because mercedes saw a loophole in that in that um in the regulations they were able to come up with that genius system and they perfected it but the next season or the next year they adjusted the regulations to ban it so it wasn't a cheat it was just pure genius so let's give it to them it's all about politics everybody's trying to um you know get advantage of themselves within the the racing year and innovations and development and that. but i think i'll agree to you that the most of the regulations were targeted not really to witch hunt mercedes but to draw all the teams closer which was at a disadvantage to mercedes i mean if you look at all of the regulations it was just targeting where mercedes had perfect dominance and um, excellent performance so you can call it witch hunt but i think it's more about leveling the field thank you guys thank you
1: very much uh jason please go ahead.
15: Yeah, hello, everyone.
9: Um, First, kudos to Max. He had a good race, you know, um, good plan. Unfortunately, Checo, yeah, is just a string of bad luck following him right from the qualifiers. Um, Carlos Sainz, he did his best. uh, Was fastest, fastest lap. But he just... Didn't have that pace to overtake Max. Uh, then yeah, P3, Hamilton. I'm excited about that. Most people won't see it as anything, but uh, that's just how I say the best result we've had this season. He actually had fastest lap twice. Yeah, before science took over. Um, basically, what I want to talk about is uh, Charles Leclerc. Yes, he had a new PU, but it just testifies to the fact that not everyone can pull out that stunt like Hamilton does. Uh, he did it, I think he has done it twice. Yeah, that grid penalty had done it twice from the back of the grid and then coming to take pole position. Uh, overall, Canada was good. Was good. We. Thank God for no rain because I was really afraid, even as the weather forecast was said to be clear, I still had that doubt that something might come up. Rains bring complications, basically, in the competition. Uh, overall, the Canadian GP was good and there were no controversies. And that's the best part no controversies. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Jason. Um... So there's been an update as we, just as we're moving on to um Alpine. Um Alonso receives a five second time penalty for weaving in front of Bottas. Um I believe therefore um pushing both Alpha Romero drivers to P seven, P eight. So um yeah, very good for the Alpha Romero team. You know, um uh, Alonso Alonso <laughs> I honest honestly I really don't know what to say. Because I, if, if you say if you say oh you are having um what do you call it you are, you are having ERS issues or engine issues, then focus on what is the problem, you know. You you are see weaving again on the on the track. So I don't know, this Alonso as an individual. Um, many of you guys know that I'm tired of Alonso as an individual in this spot ball. yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. but um, okay, I see some hands up. um okay, yeah, just um on our opinion in general, um apart from, I think it would have been interesting to see um where Alonso would have finished, you know, if he didn't have that clipping issue. Um, Because he said he would have finished um, P3, P4, but it's, it would have been interesting to see because I know that the Mercedes were, um, they had the pace towards the end of the So, and uh, Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. I, uh, I really don't have um, anything to say. I think just. um. Well, decent, decent performance from him, you know. And then, um, yeah, it's, we'll see what happens in um Silverstone. If um they're able to maintain this um race pace, but I, I, I doubt it. I doubt it, you know. And then, um, even with this clipping, they are still suffering a bit of reliability issues. So, um, yeah. Overall, I would say it's still a decent weekend for for them, you know. Um, from Baku and here, you know, still a decent weekend. This was probably the best position they could have um, finished, you know. So yeah, um, our opinion in general, I would say it's a good weekend. Um, okay, I see, Jason. Jason, do you want to um go ahead? Thank you.
9: Yeah, talking about Fernando Alonso, uh, the our tire manager. <coughs> uh he he got the to me they got their strategy wrong in the sense that they could not um improvise on the fly that was where hamilton and verstappen got it right because immediately the virtual safety car came up they pitted almost immediately you know and they took advantage of that um, speed reduction on the main track now Alonso continued, even I think after the even after the second um, virtual safety car, it was still on. At the end of the, day, he lost positions before he finally pitted. Um, he the, the, the penalty he got, well he deserved it because um, he did the same he virtually did the same thing at uh, Monaco. Well, he succeeded because Monaco track is narrower. So basically, he held up Hamilton for a majority of the laps and uh, decided to move up when he discovered that Ocon had penalty on him. Well, unfortunately, Hamilton wasn't ready to give them that um, that satisfaction. Uh, I, I just think he's someone that... He's already virtually out of the game, but still wants to stay relevant. But you don't have to now become a nuisance because you want to seem relevant in the sport. Yeah, that's just what I have to say about that. Uh,
1: thank you, uh, Jason. Um, still on. Um, I don't. Okay, I see. Um, JoJo's hand up. Um, JoJo, please go ahead.
15: <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, on Alonso, I think that five-second um, penalty was uh, deserved. I mean, you're not allowed to weave on the street. But again, it it's also shows that um, the Alpine car lacks uh, a bit of race pace. If you look at the race pace between Red Bull cars, Ferrari and Mercedes, they are kind of similar. Just a couple of tenths uh, separates the three of them. But for Alpine, it's close to about two seconds which is a lot which is a lot of um, uh, a lot of gap already so but one thing keeps going for the for the alpine cars they're very quick on the streets so if you if they are that quick on the straight even with your drs is very very difficult to overtake them and you will notice that it was just those top three guys that had the uh, ability to you know move past them so but for alonso I think um, generally he's doing very well for Al- Alpine. It's um, I-, I don't like him personally as a driver because he's not friends with my with my favorite driver. So, uh, but for for the Alpine, I think they really need his experience to fine tune their car. I mean, we know Alpine used to be Renault, and the Renault cars used to be very very good back in the days they really lost a lot of gap to the guys at the top. So with the, with um, Alonso's experience, they can kind of build a new team and then hopefully um, Ocon will develop. I'm even surprised that Ocon started the year very well, but somehow he's dropping off. And there are even concerns maybe um, Ocon may not be able to continue with the team, especially with this guy in the... Um, Formula 2, doing very well. I can't remember his name now. So, but those are the issues. So, but for Alonso, I don't like his driving style. I mean, it makes it difficult for him to pass. Even when, when it's difficult for you to pass, even when you know that you cannot even make any headway in a race, it's just a spoiler. So, you know, and um, it's good for the sports in some, I mean, in some cases it works for you. Sometimes it doesn't. I think he's a great guy. Thank you guys.
1: Well, um, I don't know if my co-host has anything to say on our pin just before I move on. Imad, did you want to say anything on our pin?
12: Yeah, no, I was just on Alonso. So I I understand lots of people dislike it personally, actually. Personally, I dislike him as well. But he's a competitor and he's only going to do what he thinks benefits him. I didn't even see, I think that was when maybe I, his, what he did that warranted the penalty. I probably that's when I zoned off from the race. Version. But the Alpine obviously lacks race space. And everyone by now, I think is very, very clear that they lack race space. Alonso is going to be Alonso. This is who he has been. This is, he, has, he has actually not changed since 2009 and whenever he came into this sport. When I, when I started watching him so this is who he is and just to add up to what the last speaker said he's a good competitor but he's going to do what benefits him so let him just be there and I think they actually need his experience in optimizing their car for how long are they going to stick with him and how long do they think his experience is still going to be needed at because I don't know he has been with them for many years now and They're still not really making so much of a headway, quote unquote. So let's just see. Let's see. Hopefully, they do something better in 2023.
1: Thank you, Imadi.
12: Well, I think on
1: Alonso, it's obvious we're going to see him here um, next year. You know, because the way the team is now, he's definitely the one leading the team. You know, Ocon is Ocon is Ocon is really acting like a second driver, and then and that is what he actually is. So, um, with Alpine, I know um Jojo spoke about um um Reynolds. It's going to be interesting. Um, what's going to happen next season if um Williams um end up going with the Reynolds engine. You know, and then putting um Oscar Piastri in that seat. So uh, I don't know. I know it's a long move from um, Alpine to um Williams. So the question is, how long is the loan going to be? And then what if Oscar Piastri now becomes, or rather, becomes the driver that becomes like a, well, like when Charles Leclerc was in um, what do you call it? um Alfa Romero you know it's going to be interesting how that's going to turn out um next season you know and um beyond so uh moving on we've got um the team who okay who they are currently P7 P8 Alfa Romero um you Juanjo recovering from Baku after a I believe he had a DNF um due to mechanical um issues. And um today he was very happy. He said he was very happy to um see the checkout out flag. And um yeah, I will say this weekend for Guan Yu for one, Yu has been a very um decent weekend for him. I was qualified um both as, you know, and then um impressive impressive um, impressive performance you know to at the end of the finish p8 you know so um i believe as someone i can't remember who said it yesterday aston martin this season have stumbled on top um I, well, did this say success or a bit of luck and then they are just going with the flow you know so um in the last um uh, it's Nine races, they've almost um, been in the points with um, both us, Um, so it's very it's very good to see both cars um in the points today, you know. So, um, I don't know if anyone has anything to add on Alpha Romero just before we move on. Um, okay, I see Adebayo, Adebayo please go ahead. Yes, so it was such a great
2: recovery by. Um, but that's right. Um, for today's race, then as well, I think um the Chinese driver as well really impressed. It was really quite impressive all weekend, right? Um, yeah. So let's see how they are able to like turn things up when they get their major upgrade in Silverstone. Then as well, I think I wanted to like make um probably like a little contribution on Alonso and Ocon. I, I don't think it's accurate to say that someone that is like 17 points behind his teammates is carrying the team. Because on the standings, Hong is like I think 17 points ahead of Alonso. It seems like Alonso is the one like trying to find <laughs> trying to get the results, right? But that's just by the side. So and, um, and I also think it was quite immature from Alonso what he did, right? Because it should have just allowed Botas to pass him, right? He would have gotten P8 instead of the motion to P9 because you knew you, you were going to get a five-second time penalty for weaving on the straight against Botas in Formula 1.
1: <clears throat> okay, thank you, Adebayo. Uh, okay, I see uh, Abbasier coming. Thank you.
4: I uh, just jumping in to defend. I don't say it again. I mean, obviously, um, the table is all that matters in here. Race wins is what matters. Points is all that matters. But I think we can look at the entire season. You know, and provide context to it in the sense that he's had a lot of damage, none of his faults, all mechanical issues. In every race, Bar One is driven in the points consistently before you know he has mechanical issues. So I mean even yesterday when our host, you know, was being in my opinion too hard on Ocon. I was about to jump in and defend Ocon by just it. Okon has been having a very good season to be at B5, P6, P7, and he has been consistent sort of. Well, we shouldn't just look at the points table and say, you know, it's, uh, he's having a better season, Alonso. I don't think that's the case. And obviously, Alonso being the experienced driver, you know, as the person who started his whole discussion, you know, he's the one who's going to, you know, try different setups and all that, just as Lewis is doing for, you know, Mercedes. But I don't think it's the same. Situation in the Louis and these Louis versus Russell and Alonso versus Lukoil. Now there's some differences there. Or yeah, just just jumping into the Alonso there. Thank you very much,
1: Abase Come thank you. Um. So um. I don't. On um. Alfa Romero? I don't know if anyone has anything to add for move to McLaren. Okay, so um, yeah, moving on to uh, McLaren, I would just say, pfft, McLaren, w- what happened today was just very unfortunate, you know, because um, I believe was it the safety car or the virtual safety car when they wanted to double stack, and then it, the 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 pit crew were not ready, you know, um. I can't remember how many seconds he came. I, um I think I was think Ricardo lost about 9.6 or 9.5 seconds um due to being held up in the pit you know so uh I think well the the team is to blame in this one because they cost um uh, both drivers I believe most especially Ricardo because Ricardo was in the points and then um, he could have finished in the points today, though ending up P eleven. You know, so um yeah, I think it was just very unfortunate for both drivers how um um how it's ended up and then uh hopefully a better recovery in Silverstone, you know. So yeah. Um and does anyone have anything to add on McLaren? Okay, uh yes, Jojo.
15: Okay, so for McLaren, I feel I'm a bit disappointed with McLaren, not just because of the strategy, um the strategy, um, the bad strategy that they adopt in races, but because I think they have more performance they can get from that car. And every time the car is in a good position, even in races, you could see the potential in the car. Then you would have maybe one of the drivers not putting in their best or something. I mean, they're supposed to be the best of the rest. I mean, after the top three, but so far this season they've just been up and you know just up and down. I'm I'm a bit disappointed with what I saw today. I felt that strategy was wrong. You know, they could have left one car and then pitted the next um, virtual. I mean, virtual safety car. I mean, they could have just changed strategies, but I think they put both good drivers on the same strategy and it was a bad call. And it showed, if you want to double stack, you need to be absolutely sure that, you know, you'll be, you'll, you're you in for the proper thing to do. I mean, if if a pit stop is going to be three seconds and the gap between the two drivers are two sec- is two seconds, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So I think the team got it very wrong. But more importantly, I think the drivers are not putting in their their best in this car. There's so much to be determined from this car, but the, it's the end of the street circuits, so to say, and um, we are going to properly race track from Silverstone. Maybe that would, you know, give uh, McLaren more uh, hope for a better, uh, better season or a better year. Let's see how that goes.
1: Thank you very much, um, Jojo. So, um. Anyone else on oh, McLaren? Okay, so um Aston Martin, Aston Martin yesterday um in FP three, they from somewhere brought one piece, you know they brought piece from somewhere and then in um, what do you call it in quali the piece, I don't know whether the pace they did not follow them back to the paddock or just I don't know just I don't understand what happened but um the pace wasn't in there in quality and then they left in um Q1 they were out in Q1 you know um both drivers were shocked but um eventually today uh Lanstru was able to get a point and finishing P10 um Seb P12 you know so i really for arsenal martin they introduced um a new um what do you call it a new um this thing a new um body in um what do you call well what um was it spain Um, real barcelona you know so uh, i don't know uh know they, do you as, as an Aston Martin um fan do you see improvements like um between um Barcelona and now? You know because obviously in Baku in back we saw um Sepp finishing um P six even though I believe retired. But um I don't know, do you see do you see um improvements and um, what do you think going forward, you know, after this weekend, at least um, one driver was able to bring the points. So yeah
12: So answer your question. Yeah, I think there's actually improvements if you like if you look at the the way they're able to set up their car, I think what happened is we saw them come up with a concept very similar to Red Bull. And then automatically everybody feels, oh no, Aston Martin is going to shoot up to maybe the top of the midfield and that kind of a thing. They are still, I think Barcelona was just three races ago. Let's, um, Monaco is sort of an outlier, so Barcelona is just including these races just three races ago, so they still have a whole lot of learning to do. And um, now they can, they said. According to Seb and Lance, they said they can run their cars down. It's obviously no longer for poison. They have a, a bigger setup window to sort of optimize the car. I th- the whole, I would not, probably, I would say the whole um, missing out on Quali and the mistake they made with tire pressures yesterday just messed them up because um, I just saw... A risk-based compu- average race based computation from the, can- the Grand Prix that we just that just ended. And I think they were fifth, if I'm right, overall. So the pace is there in the car, but the position where they qualified yesterday sort of just messed them up. And due to the alternating conditions, that's where they couldn't just get their packs right. They set they probably set up for wet in FP3. And sort of change it for dry of the race, for the race and they just messed it up generally. So but personally I think this B spec car is a better car to than compared to what they launched with and there will be improvements going forward because you can you can actually see by the time they are running an Fp3 you can actually see the average race computations where they are doing well. But I think they also need to find certain things to be able to get on top of their issues so they don't have these kind of crazy lapses. But they still need time, generally. I think that's just what I'm just trying to say. They still need a little bit more time. So let's see. When they get to a um, proper track in Silverstone, probably they'll perform better than they did. Thank Thank you. you,
1: Thank you very much, uh, Imadi. Well um I don't know if anyone has anything to add on Aston Martin other than we wish them well. Okay, I see um Toko. Toko please go ahead. Uh Toko, I don't think we can hear you. Um okay. Let me bring okay, I think I'll bring you back up. Um, let me get him back up. Um, so, um, on, okay, okay, he's back. Um, Toko, please go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, Toko, please, do you want to, um, leave the space and come back? Then, um, we'll bring you, um, back up. I don't know if you can hear me. So just leave the space and come back and then we'll bring you back up. So um yeah, so um I think um uh, for Aston Martin it's just it's just going to be interesting what goes on with the um team going forward. And um for with 2023 um approaching. One does not even know if Seb is still going to be here. So um Toku, can you can you um try speaking now? Let's see. Okay. Um Imadid, can you hear him?
12: No, I can't hear him.
1: Okay, so um I think it's more from his end. Okay, um I think we'll just well either gets him back later on. So yeah, let's just move on. So um moving on to Williams. Williams. Um well obviously Williams. I don't think anyone was expecting anything, you know. Um I personally wasn't expecting anything. You know, maybe I would I I would have expected that okay if there was probably a more than one safety car, or then maybe Alex Albon will end up in the points, but uh not today. uh yeah, you know so, and um, Latifi Latifi credit to him for bringing the car um back up because um I would say Latifi there has been a bit of um improvement in terms of um how he's driven from the beginning of the season because um from Bahrain, barren every session from Bahrain, there was always one accident front wing damage in the wall spin you know? but um in the last um two three races like there's been a bit of improvement you know he's been bringing the car back home you know but uh the, the painful truth is that um you can't polish your thought you know and then um latifi He's not just good enough, you know. And he's had multiple teammates, um, George. He's had um, he's had, he has um, what's his name now? Um, Albon, you know. And he, uh, and even when even when um, I'm sure if you put Nick DeFries um, the in there, he's still going to perform better than him. So, uh, I believe Latifi is not good enough, you know. So, it's just going to be interesting um, going into Silverstone, what's going to happen. Because in Silverstone, we're expecting uh, a lot of announcements. Because uh, Otmar came out this weekend, yesterday, um, specifically to say um, Oscar, Piastri, um, Oscar Piastri will be driving in F1. So, we all know the only team he can be going into, either a Williams or a Haas. You know, and definitely no, definitely no, it has, you know. So, um, it's just going to be interesting how things end up for Latifi, um, going forward. And then, um, yeah, and I, I, I think if Williams are able to get rid of Latifi, then we'll see a different, um, Williams. So, um, yeah, that's just my take on Williams. I'm um, Salim, please go ahead.
3: Uh, thank you very much, man. Um, like, for Williams, it is very heart-wrenching to see a team that is, like, it has so much history in Formula One. It used to be a winning team. I think they have, like, one of the highest number of constructors. Like, to see them at the bottom every season is, is really hard to watch. And that their Mumu driver, latifia I don't know. Like what was the difference between Latifi and and Iruki that is in Formula Three? In fact, like okay, this takes us back to like the concept of Formula One. At the end of the day, it's it's about economics. Like who can come in with the resources? Latifi is a, he's a he's a pay driver basically. Like I, I, I don't even what has he achieved beyond like the junior. Uh, categories that he has raced in. What what honestly, like the years he has been in Formula One, what what has he actually achieved? So for me, I think like that guy, they should just fire the guy please. He can go and race in uh maybe NASCAR if they want him or in in uh Indica racing if they want him. But his his days in Formula One They they should have come to an end a really long time ago. And like there are so many drivers that are in the pipeline, but because of the the hold up, they can't actually come and showcase their talents in Formula 1. So I feel that guy should just go, please. Thank you, man.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Engineer Salim. Um, Toko, please um try and go ahead. Let's see if we'll be able to hear you. Mm-mm. Okay, we're not still able to hear, um, Toko. Toko, I don't know what's wrong today, but we're not able to hear you. Um, I don't know, maybe you can check your network or something. But yeah, um... Um, moving on, just um, I think we've got um two more teams. Um quickly. Um the Alpha Tari, um Pierre Gasly definition P14, um Yuki beating it in the wall. Um, I don't think there's anything um much there's anything much to say other than we go again, I'll be mean, they go again uh, in Silverstone. You know, so um I hope um going for obviously Alpha they've suffered a bit of um reliability um issues and then with the penalty you keep to hopefully I just believe um I don't think anything serious is damaged in the car, you know, because um yeah that's just my take on that. I don't think anything is damaged um in the car for Yuki. Uh, but for Gasly, uh, P14. Well, obviously, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. Because in FP3, FP2, they seem to be... um. They seem to have a bit of pace. But in the years, I, I don't understand where um, all the pace just goes. But I don't know if something happened to Gasly that I'm not aware of. But uh, Imagine did something happen in between the race and then um for Gasly. I
12: think I think he was um un- was not comfortable with the tires at the beginning because he stopped on I think in lap four, lap six for a new set of ads and he started on the medium. So it was weird. Yeah. Also- and that just made his whole race unravel. And he was also- I think um, he also was similar to in own case was also similar to Justin Martins that got their whole tire pressures wrong in the qualifying yesterday. So whatever happened probably was just an off weekend for them. And they might get to it right next time. But it was just strange that he stopped on lap four, starting in the medium, stopping on lap four, without any mechanical issue for a set of hard tires. It was strange, actually. Mm. Anyways.
1: uh Okay, yeah, I see um, Engineer Salim. Engineer Salim, please go ahead.
3: All right, man. Like uh, I was really expecting we would discuss the issue of the technical directive that they plan on bringing about the purposing. Because like uh, last week we had this huge argument. Everybody was their take for or against in terms of like the purposing, whether they should uh, bring, uh, well, technical directives that can correct it. But, like, for me, what I see the, well, well most of the pundits, motorsport.com and the rest, talking about, like, the minimum ride height. I, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't think I agree with that. I, I really don't. And, yeah, like, teams like uh, Red Bull, of course, they are going to be affected because for them, they've kind of, like, they don't have that issue. They've, they've really built an incredible car. It's, so far, I think it's it's like the fastest and the most stable. But before I say something now and all the Red Bull fans will eat me alive, I think they should uh, look into the issue of that active suspension. It's not that it's going to benefit Mercedes. It's going to benefit everybody. And in terms of driver safety, like the last phrase they were talking about, I think uh, they were saying... The amount of vibrations that was going through the spine of the drivers was around five hertz, and five hertz correspond to like the frequency that is known to be prevalent in the human body. And as I kept like clamoring that we we that materials failed from resonance, so to what more of the human body? Hamilton had like ten g, in terms of like the amount of compression that was going through his spine. So I feel that the the, the uh, Formula One management, the FIA, they should really, really, like look into use of active suspension in in order to curtail this uh purposin.
1: Thank you, um, Salim. Um, yeah, Imadi, and Imadi, Um, please, um, share your thoughts on um this technical directive. Let's go from there
12: yeah, I I agree that I agree that something has to be done about the population. Uh, but for some reason I don't know why um, the FI has they sort of hit, quote unquote hit active suspension since they banned it but they banned it early um decades ago because lots of people have been clamoring for it. And um we are all trying to for the whole technical directives, I agree with it. It's going to actually affect everybody. It's just that it's going to affect some people more than the others. Let's, for example, now, the amplitude of the, the average amplitude from Baku, that's like, that's Baku is the race that we've seen the most extreme population. The average amplitude of each car on the main street was about one, 1. 1.2 Gs. Then on turn 15 it was about 0.65 g's. So now, then Mercedes on turn 15 was about 0.75 g's. Now, for example, this is just a scenario. Let's say they set the limit to 0.5. Now everybody has to adjust something on their ride to be able to meet that 0.5. Who do you think is going to affect more? Obviously the Mercedes because. Mercedes is 0.2 away from the set limit, and if you don't meet that limit, you will be dis- you most likely will be disqualified. That's how the technical directives have been set. So, as much as we are all, everyone, different fans are clamoring for this, are clamoring for that. We should know that the people—you—the moment they set a, a the, the moment they, they can't set that. Therefore, you can't actually set a minimum ride height. But they can set a minimum amplitude of poison that should not be exceeded. The moment they set that, then the car, the engineers and the teams would have to meet that. And the cars suffering the most severe poison, which is Mercedes, House, and I think Alpine, if I'm right, I think Alpine is one of them. But Mercedes is basically the worst. If the moment they said that the Mercedes would suffer the most. I agree up to an extent they should look at the active suspension, but they should, the only way they can look at it, look at active suspension is probably by set, they make it, okay. they should make it a standard part. They should make the active suspension that'll be able to control the ride heights of the cars, a standard part that will be manufactured by a company that the, the FIA would contract that um, whatsoever to, to actually manufacture. So it would not be a trick, Produced or manufactured by the teams for aerodynamic benefits. If they can do that, then I'm fine with it. But if they leave it to the teams, we know how smart these engineers are. They're going to find a way around it, and to be doing more than to be doing more than what they actually think, what they actually design it for. So that's my own take on the active suspension. I agree they should look into it, but they should make it a standard part. Then um one more thing one more thing try it. my okay yeah the whole active suspension thing as well cannot be implemented mid season it can only be implemented for next season so I for this for the remainder of this season it's going to just be mitigating factors by the teams to save their drivers back. If they are going to look into active suspension, the earliest they are going to allow teams implement that on their cars is going to be next season. So we should not be hoping for any sudden miracle for active suspension this season. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you very much, um, in Uh Okay, I see Adebayo. and Jojo, please. Then um, I believe we will now move on to Williams then we round up. So yeah. Adibaia, please.
2: Um thank you. So I think I sort of agree with um Imade's okay. analysis. And um I, I and also think that um and I also think that I think there was like a um was it? there was like a leaked um news today about um the heated argument that happened between mattia Binotto, Christiana Toto Wolf, right? as regards to the, having to say that um um probably both teams are quite like um influencing their drivers to to make what's this, favorable comments to the media about pop poison whereas the drivers are saying different things in the driver's meeting and the rest which I think which I, which I think um which I think would be a very interesting turn because let, do let us forget as well that these teams are also um clamoring for increasing budget cap right and um and um, I agree with him saying that introducing the active suspension mid season might not be quite realistic because if you do that I think they have to automatically like increase the budget cap right and <laughs> Uh, for example, and ask team now. For example, that um, they had to keep suspending their major upgrades um, by every three races. I don't know where you want expect them to see extra um, budgets or right extra money to make those changes i think it would be quite interesting right but again let's see how things turns out right i think the um the discussion is still quite early stage right um let's still see what fi would release before there could be any like good analysis from um the old decision thing and whatever we we'll just be saying i'll just be speculations here and there right and not just a true picture from fi in itself
1: Thank you very much. Uh at the am um, Jojo, please.
15: All right, thank you guys. Um all I see is um politics, politics, politics. And I agree with um analysis that um, active suspension would really help because um what the cars are suffering from, there are two problems. One is purposing, purposing and the other one is bouncing. The poison thing is um most of the most of the cars have been able to practically deal with it the bouncing comes from the regulations that have been set for these new cars on stiffer floors and it's just it's just a brick so imagine going on a street circuit and um, which is where most of these teams experience this kind of um, behavior on their cars it starts to bounce because the car is just it's just a brick on the road so when they hit all of these high speeds on the bumpiness of the roads, or on on how unlevel they are, they experience all of these problems. And you will notice that when they most of these regulations, when before they come into play, all of the teams pass a vote. They discuss it. They all agree. And. Red Bull, I just hope there's no Red Bull fan here. Red Bull have actually walked their way to this very top. So you can imagine the kind of resistance they will pull. When they had the engine freeze that they've gotten into now till 2020, is it 2024, 2025? Red Bull was the one clamoring for an engine freeze. When they had this ground effect thing, Red Bull was one of the teams that voted for it. And apparently you can see that they already have engineers who understood this ground effects, and then they're able to, you know, master it at least to a level where their own cars don't suffer so much. So it's all part of the regulation. It's all politics I see going here. So it's going to take a longer conversation. I remember in 2018, was it 2018 or 2019, when they were discussing about the rims of the cars and how they said that Ferrari had one kind of uh, cheat that helped their, their cars warm up faster than the others. And then Mercedes went and copied it and even did more. Red Bull complained, and then they changed the regulations mid-season. So what I'm just trying to say is that, you know, there's still going to be lots of conversation, but be, be rest assured that most of the teams that voted for it previously that agreed to this regulation change will pull the resistance to it. So I'm not surprised um, the three of them are attacking themselves just to gain the advantage. So for the active suspension, it's a big technical change, and I agree with him, in my day that, you know, it's something that um, FIA can contract out, just like they do with the with the fuel pumps and all those kind of things. But there has to be a standard, a minimum requirement, and then you know they do all their quality assurances and blah blah blah, and then they're able to do something about it. But I think it would be too. Is is already the season is already is is far gone already. They won't be able to do all of that. So that's what's going on. Politics, politics, politics. Thank you, guys. Thank you
1: very much, um, Engineer Salim. Please.
3: Um. All right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh. I really, really agree with what both speakers said. Cause yeah, active suspension. If they reintroduce it, when they reintroduce it, does if they decide to, it's something that is going to be quite heavy actually, and um. Like uh, what Jojo said earlier on about like bringing uh, the cost cap in a season where you have uh, a drastic regulation change is really not ideal. So uh, it's something that is going to be expensive to develop. It's something that maybe if you want to keep it lightweight, you have to use uh, uh, materials that are more expensive, actually. So yeah it's something that you can introduce mid season and uh yeah like if it can be a component that would be maybe generic for all 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 teams as Imadi said that would be fine the the issue is if we can eliminate um all these uh bouncing and 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 purposing that is going on and Really, it's 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 more about driver safety than maybe gaining performance in the long run, because we, we don't want a situation where uh, years from now, when drivers retired, you have like uh, health challenges, or maybe when you want to be a Formula One driver, you have to contend with having uh, back challenges at the end of your career. So yeah, thank you very much.
1: Uh the by your we just
2: breathe. I just, I think, I think we shouldn't be looking at it from the fact that Red Bull is quite resistant. The, um, the old discussion because I'm just trying to play devil's advocate in here. Just imagine that Mercedes this season has the fastest car on the grid, right? Red Bull is poison, right, and Red Bull, um, launch. Uh, lodges the complaints with FIA just the same way, right? Because I know they would actually have done that as well. You know, I think the whole discussion we're having now might be different, right? And that judgment might be clouded, right? As Mercedes fans, right, would probably be saying it would, different things currently now, right? But again, I agree with the fact that the FIA, right, they need to look into the safety of the drivers right and probably as well that's why they high fire right and they need to implement things to ensure that at least it's properly been um the effect is probably being minimized because again, I really I'm I'm really of the opinion that Ferrari in itself as well as their purpose and under control because I think I've read um a lot of their articles right after it races where there are some instances that they would intentionally um um they would intentionally impute that factoring that factor and fact, uh, factoring that proposition to ensure that they get more performance on track right it was visible in melbourne and like three other races right so if Totowo is trying to like de- make that case again right you can also fault him because um there is carlos Sainz trying to say is um is having serious issues with pop poisoning, and at the other end there's Charles Leclerc saying something different, right? That he has not like really had been impacted by the pop poisoning, right? Which are two clear opinions, right, about things. But again, I totally like agree with other, but I just think we should just look at it from the fact and make it more balanced as to why Red Bull would be of the opinion that they have, right? Which is normal anybody would have done that as well in Formula 1.
1: Thank you very much, Adibai. Oh, Jojo, please.
15: Okay, so let me just add to what um, Adibai said. If you look back two, three seasons ago, when um, um, we had in quality in quali mode, the cars had qualifiers mode, they had party modes and all that, different engine modes. I mean, some teams complained that it was an unfair advantage, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was targeted at Mercedes and Ferrari because clearly Ferrari started the party mode thing and then Mercedes hopped on it and then they, they built a good system around it. But, you know, a lot of the teams complained that, you know, they they were not able to get pole positions because... But, and then they changed the regs. I think going by this new leadership of FIA, they need to make a stand on the direction of Formula 1. You see... When when the leadership is not able to, to put its its um its position down and communicate the direction for the sport, there's a problem. You start hearing all manner of things like these complaints and all that. Besides, most of these teams are usually engaged before regulations are passed. So coming mid season and message is complaining, I think, is 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 wrong. They obviously developed a I mean a rubbish car you understand the car is nothing to compare with the ferrari and all that maybe over time they will get there but i mean it it just shows that they made a mistake in that development they got something wrong now you don't because of your own error now force other things to to make changes and all that so like i said it's all politics but fia need to put their foot down and then pass on the direction it is very important that they get it in this new um, New kind of cars that we are having now and going for is very important for the sports. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: Adeba, please just have one minute. So we can... yes. yes, I will keep it very short. I
2: think I, I, I love the example you gave, but in as much as I really want to agree with that, I mean, not totally, because I think there's a clear distinction between innovation and um, driver safety, right? What we are trying to, what FI is trying to like address, is driver safety, right? The example cited was innovations from both Ferrari and Red and Mercedes to get um, good performances from their car, right? Right. And I also think, um, yeah, I agree with you, right? Based on what you said, but I think they are like two distinct um, examples per se, though. Even though it could fly for the agenda we are trying to cook as messages, But again, when we look at it deeply, they're like two different things. But again, I agree with you with the fact that FIA themselves needs to really be consistent with the way they put in some interference um, with their regulations and how things have rightly like interpreted those regulations and all. But this is a totally different issue. This is based on driver safety. Which I think FIA, which you could all agree, which you've all agreed on, that FIA needs to intervene and reach a compromise with the teams, um, yeah,
1: to resolve it. Thank you very much, uh, Adebayo. Um, so, yeah, just lastly, um, just quickly on HASS, because we have not really touched on them. Obviously, it was an unfortunate um, incident with. Uh, Schumacher, not um with the DNF. And then um K Mag, K Mag obviously finishing last. It shows that sometimes um um really sure that does not always go well or does not always work well. Sometimes you'll be contented with what you have and where you are. You know, so um yeah, it's just very unfortunate for um what do you call it has. You know, and then um, Schumacher, Schumacher. Um, it's, it's a pity because um, if he, he was he was actually having a very decent um race, you know, t- um, that um mechanical issue came about. So, uh, I just feel ho- hopefully I'm um, going into Silverstone, he'll be at least able to bring the car back home. You know, and then um Has Has have said that they are going to introduce them um, updates in Hungary. <laughs> I don't. I see them. I see them. I see them. Um, after Hungary, what do we even have again? Um, I don't. For me personally, I don't see them. I see them pushing itself to probably Italy or Singapore because if you are going to bring in the update, you would have brought it in. You know to 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 see how effective the upgrade is, but they they since they've said budget cap and there there's some financial um restrictions. Oh well, let's see how that um pans out for them. Hungary, hungry is not far again. Um, uh, when is Hungary? is I believe Hungary is after Hungary. Hungary is uh, still this in July. So um, if I'm not mistaken, July or Hungary um, is the last weeks before the summer break, or, um, yeah. summer break, yeah. Yeah, so okay, so that should be um August. So, uh, yeah, so it's going to be um very interesting. Um, um as regards to Hass, um, where the upgrades will um, put them, you know. So, um, I don't think um I have anything more. Anyone has anything to add on Hass? Just before we round up. Um, so yes,
3: uh, the only thing I have to add is that no matter the amount of upgrades they can be able to muster, like at the end of the day, <laughs> if Ferrari doesn't fix that uh, reliability that they have with their power unit components, is they are still going to, it's, it's not going to work. That That's just it.
1: Well, uh, uh, okay, um, Adebayo, go ahead. Just before I add. I think the issue
2: with Mick was gearbox, right?
1: Uh, I, I'm honestly on Mick. I would have to check, but I'm not even sure. I think both Mick and Chako. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, Chako is okay. Then if it's, I know Chico is gearbox, um, issue. I so so I maybe saw, all right.
2: I think I saw it was gearbox for both of them, but again, right. Touching on what engineers just said, I agree, right? Because even even the way he says for Ferrari, they um I don't think they've figured out the issue for the power lead failure um Charles had last week. But um again, I think I think um I think I was reading like several news as regards how they are still like trying to figure it out so that at least. The next power unit that would be provided um, would have both the cure and um, probably a little bit of performance as well, right? I think I, I think they are able to get the exception as well from FI to do like this um, deep analysis and the rest, and probably come up with a fix for the reliability. But so as of now, yes, they've not been able to figure out
1: the issue for the power unit failures.
12: Thank you, Adiba. Um, Imadi, please. Yeah, for for the Ferrari power units. Personally, I I don't see or know what what we think is going to happen, because the engines have been homologated for till 2025, and I think they can only be um adjusted or changed due to um reliability issues. Like severe liability issues, where you now have to show and explain to the FIA and show working your workings to the other teams why you want to make certain adjustments. So, I don't, I honestly don't understand how what, how that's going to work. Then, for us, I'm just looking at the schedule now as we're talking about it, and I wonder why they are bringing um, updates the last race before summer break normally the teams bring updates few races before the summer break so they can evaluate them on track then work on them also during the break and then start working towards bringing um, a better package as well so it honestly makes no sense you are bringing um updates to a track that we, te- we technically don't want test on it's not even like a test track you don't get proper um, proper data from it in does in Hungary and it's just before the summer break when everybody goes. It make honestly it makes no sense. I don't at are this they, are they serious team despite all the winter nail time they are. I don't get it.
1: Well, um, it, it says a lot. Um. Anyways, uh, let me just hear um uh, what um Adibayo and Engineer Salim. So um. Oops. Okay. Um, Salim, please go first then, Adebayo. Thank you. Um. Yeah.
3: Like, even though the engines have been homologated, as you said, yeah, they can still make, like, reliability fixes throughout, like, till the end of the this era or whatever before changes have been made. And I think, yeah, like, the engine freeze, I think it doesn't affect all the uh, power unit components. I think like the Turbo, the MGU-H, there's like a deadline. I think it's later in the year that uh, they're going to be homologated. So they can still make uh, improvements to, to uh, those components. Yeah, uh, what did I want to see again? Ah, skip my mind. I'll uh, go ahead, Adebayo. Aj- 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 Aj-
2: yeah, so I think I should just, I wanted to explain the current P.U. Um, system with Ferrari, so they have two power units in circulation currently to all their teams and even themselves. So the first power unit and the second power unit, the second, so they have the issue with the second power unit, the one that was upgraded and released to all the teams, right? And that's the same power unit that I think um, Gang Joe, Charles Leclerc, right? DNF um, based on failure, right? And I think. Um, they've um, and I think the two component that were, that was greatly affected was IC and um, MG MGH or something, right? And and I think as well they've already like lodged that um, with was it FIA, right to allow them investigate the was it the reliability issues, right? Then probably come back to them to get their approval to make those fixes but it is now they really don't understand what the issues are they're just trying to make a whole lot of assumptions that could it be based on the fact that um um they all experienced the uh, pioneer failures on high temperature tracks could it be a fact that probably the pulpoising or the bouncing effect right damaged some was played a key role but they really don't understand what the issues are right and you can't fix something you don't understand what the issues are, right? And no one even knows the components that um, Charles even took, right? The two components it took, whether it took from Pi it One or Pi it Two, right? I think they are trying to keep that as a trade secret from everyone on the grid on which of the component they actually take a fresh um um one from, right? But again. Let's see what might develop in the next two weeks. Probably they might get what the fixes are, um, the issues are, and probably start working on the fixes. But again, I think the reliability is not really so strong for Ferrari at the moment, sadly.
1: Thank you, Adib. Um, Salim, please.
3: Oh yeah. Um uh the, the the engine freeze for now it's it's only for the MGU H and uh, the ICE, but like they can still make upgrades for the control electronics, the ERS system and uh MGUK. So uh like I, I kept saying, I think uh this season is going to really be determined by that reliability. Because we we keep seeing like a driver like Leclerc or either of the Red Bull drivers, with all the amount of performance they've been putting in this season, they still have like a DNF, maybe mid-race, due to one problem or the other. You can call it hydraulic issue, you can call it gearbox, but at the end of the day, it's still a reliability concern.
13: Yeah.
1: Thank you very much, uh Salim. Uh I think um guys, I think we've come to the end of um uh, today's space. Thank you all for staying till the end. I know it's um a lot of us have work tomorrow. So um thank you. Um, Imadi. thank you very much for um joining me this evening to host. I really um appreciate. Um guys, so We'll be back again in um two weeks, um Silverstone. So um, hopefully regardless of um the on track activities, we expect a lot of um off track um activities as well in the following days and weeks. You know in relations in regards to um Alonso, um what's his name again Latifi, you know and Kub so um yeah so um thank you very much guys for joining us here again we'll be back again silverstone quali um thank you everyone have a great week and then it, also if you're not following us please follow us and if you like to um support us please click the link on our bio um yeah thank you very much god bless you and see you in um silverstone thank you and bye